We started this special Fight for the Bite podcast series with an interview through Skype with Heath Josky a couple of weeks back. Um, since that interview, a lot has happened. We've had a very successful paddle out in Oslo. We've had uh, more and more people get on board with the campaign and very soon we'll have an AGM in Stavanger where Heath will be presenting his case to the, the big wigs at Equinor. Uh, with so much happening, I thought it would be great to check in with Heath about how things are going so far on the campaign and to uh, hear a little bit about uh, what he's thinking and what he's learnt along the way. So here's a quick update uh, interview with uh, Heath Josky from Oslo. Enjoy. So which day of the campaign is it for you now? How long have you been in Norway? Uh, this is one, two, three, four, day five. Day five, day five. So how's it been? What, was, what were your first impressions landing here? Had you been here before? No. No, first time to Scandinavia. Yeah. Done a, uh, quite a few trips to the Atlantic coast of mm. Europe before when I was chasing the QS events. Mm. But um, yeah, never to this zone. Um, first impressions were, um, well, straight away was, um, could see the immense amount of wealth in the country that mm. really uh, was bleedingly obvious and but everyone looked like they were getting around in really nice clothes and shiny boots and you know, there's, there's not really many homeless people around or it just seems like everyone's got a really high standard of living so mm. that's one of the first things I noticed and then you know, all the electric cars they yeah. are really obvious right yeah yeah so and all the public the, the prioritizing public transport mm. So at first I was kind of pretty impressed with the way they were doing things over here. And then since then I've been really disheartened as well by just how much they abuse plastic in the supermarkets. Yeah, yeah like it's, I've never seen so many fruit and vegetables individually wrapped in plastic mm. and little punnets of tomatoes in plastic tubs wrapped in plastic again. Mm. And just, um, yeah, sort of felt like the really abusing plastic mm. and no recycling bins out in, in the town for the public and I, I wasn't sure if there was recycling at all over here. Apparently they do have a pretty good okay. recycling um, setup, but mm. for tourists in the city it's not really available to them. So, mm. so it's been mixed sort of emotions of feeling like, you know, they're, they're um, setting a really good example but also with plastic and lack of recycling and stuff, it's a bit disappointing. Mm. So when you got here, you got into um, the first thing that you did, you were there for this welcome from the Sami people, yeah? Yes. How was that? Uh, yeah, it was, it was really cool. Mm. They um, have had, I, I guess, a similar past to a lot of indigenous cultures mm. um, and have had to sort of fight to bring their culture back in recent decades and mm -hmm. um, yeah, it just sort of, they, they welcomed us with open arms and were definitely um, very receptive to our fight and uh, yeah, they were beautiful people and yeah. they were more than happy to help wherever they could so that was, that was a really nice welcome for mm. us. And then moving from there, you, you cruised around a bit or did you, on the Friday I know that you had the panel kind of the welcome of all the different NGOs and different stakeholders, there was a bit of a panel discussion. Like what, what went down on the Friday for you? Uh, so on the Thursday we had uh, had another meeting that day with the Labor Party. Oh, okay, yeah. It ended yeah. up just being like the youth Labor Party that turned up for it. Okay. 
But once again, they were they were questioning it a bit more, okay. which was cool. Like yeah. I feel like you got to question things to to know where you stand on it. But once yeah. they got the details, they they also said they were right behind us and we're going to question the Norwegian Parliament about it and also cool. present a question to Equinor at the AGM oh, cool. about it. So they were also very receptive and yeah, on the Friday yeah, we had the panel discussion that yeah. evening. Um, which was which was really good as well. There was a reasonable turnout there. Probably twenty five, maybe thirty people in the room. Um, yeah, listening to the panel discussion yep. and it was good for for us to be able to break down the issue a little bit for them and um, yeah, just explain where we're at and once again everyone was very receptive and, and supportive. So yeah, no, that was pretty good as well. And then I guess everything kind of led towards this Sunday paddle out because Saturday was a bit of a day off for everyone, right? Or were you still busy on Saturday? Um, well, it's been such a whirlwind, I'm yeah. sort of racking my brain trying to think if there was anything that day. but. I just think it was a, I reckon something happened, I'm not quite sure, but yeah. not, nothing too major anyway. Yeah, everything was leading towards the Sunday, for yeah. sure. And on that day, you know, like we were pretty lucky to get some really nice weather and, and everything seemed to turn on. But for you, you know, what were you feeling in the lead up to that? Because it, it is kind of like one of those bigger moments of this delegation, right? Like we've got the AGM in a couple of days, but this was the other kind of key moment that we were kind of all talking about and building towards. What were, what were your kind of thoughts before it and then how did you kind of experience the moment? For me that was the key moment and okay. always was going to be. Okay. You know, I feel like the AGM, I, I hope that uh, I hope that people are receptive to what we've got to say there mm. and that we can you know, sway a few minds there and get them on board but I am partly sceptical about how many people we will persuade. Yeah. But yeah, for, for me, the paddle out was always a chance to get the message across to a lot of people and also get a good showing of support from the Norwegians and get it in the media and just get it um, sort of, you know, on the agenda over yep. here. So yeah, I was um, yeah, a little bit sort of, woke up at like three that morning, sort of thinking about it and thinking about lots of different things actually, just the state of affairs in Australia and how corrupt our whole system is over there and watch this crazy clip that Greenpeace had just put out about, okay. about the um, fossil fuel lobby groups yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and the government and the media and how you know they're all so heavily intertwined and there's just this revolving door where they're just you know changing positions and you know, um, uh, I'm not sure what the right word is but you know just packing each other's pockets out mm. and um, I'm sort of feeling pretty, pretty negative actually. Like mm. sort of have a bit of, in a bit of a downer yep. that morning. But yeah, it was looked outside, opened the windows when the sun, when the it was daylight and the sun was out. <laughs> yeah, the exactly. first time since I've been here. Like yeah. Every day before that, it's been you know, five or six degrees and tops, and it was forecast to be 12. The sun was out. Um, and yeah, when I walked down to where the event was going to be held, there's bloody chicks in bikinis getting around <laughs> and a guy, a guy in his boardies yeah. and it's like far out it's still only 10 degrees but the sun's out and the, the Norwegians yeah. are just frothing like, yeah. it, it was, I felt like you know the the gods were looking after us that day for sure yeah, yeah. it was um, 
all lining up to be to be a good day, mm. for sure. And with the numbers that turned out, I mean, were you surprised that this many people turned out, or what were you expecting beforehand? I really didn't know what to expect. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I've had no idea. I was hoping we might get, you know, maybe 100 people or something, but we ended up getting yeah, 150 in the water, another yeah. 150 on land, and it was, um, it was amazing. I remember like before the paddle out and the bunner was playing a bit of music and then you know, Pete and I got up and gave a quick speech and uh, there, was a, there was a lot of people around, there were surfboards everywhere, people in their thick wetsuits and it was, um, it was so, like I was happy from then on going alright, you know, that, there's a fair few people here, this could be good. Yeah, exactly. Um, was it especially important do you think like as far as the campaigning has been going, it's been very much the Australians or you know people in Australia that have been doing these paddle outs and making these big statements. Um, how important in your opinion was it that there was a similar action in Norway? Like what does that do for the Australians who care about this issue to see Norwegians respond in a similar way? Do you feel like it's an important well, part? De yeah well definitely and I wasn't sure how how it was going to go in the water like um, I'm not naturally like a really loud sort of guy, um, sort of, but probably pretty quiet a lot of the time. But, yeah. So I was leading this paddle out and um, for me when we got out into the middle of the circle and uh, long story short when Pink Bunner arrived and we could get the, get the, the show underway a bit yeah. in their traditional Nordic paddle boat playing yeah. the um, didge and bongos and Windpipe. <laughs> That's pretty cool. It was classic. But then, um, you know, we started chanting that, that fight for the bite, fight for the bite. And then they just started roaring it behind me, fight for the bite. And I probably spat out about six of them. And then mm. I sort of like toned it down. And they just kept on going mm. and kept going and kept going and kept going. They went for like you know, 10 minutes straight mm. just chanting it and then doing other Nordic chants as well. And it was, it was huge. Mm. It was, for me, that was like. So I, it was like you take one step and we'll take three back. It was just, yeah. that was really encouraging, and for the people back home, they definitely like. I know. I remember when I posted a clip of that Christopher Robin talking in Parliament. Mm. So many people were encouraged by that. Yeah. Just to see it getting some airtime over here, and that okay, we're being heard over mm. in Norway. And once again, yeah, that was that was. Um, I was really hoping to encourage the Australian people that have been so active about this that we do have support over here. And that mm. night when you know, it, the, the images started getting back to mm. Australia, I had you know, lots of messages and comments of people just you know, overwhelmed, super stoked. A few people actually saying it brought them to tears. So mm. it was pretty, pretty huge. Definitely one of the pivotal moments in the campaign up there with the Torquay paddle out and mm. things like that, I think. It was amazing. So from that kind of high point, and I mean, and it was, and it wasn't just a paddle out, you know, we did have the panel discussion. It's quite good, a lot of people were engaged and watching there, and then um, also the screening of Nevertown, yeah. yeah, people were frothing on that. But then um, today you've had a pretty unique kind of morning and, you know, probably a couple of things you've never done before, so do you want to kind of run the listener through kind of how your day went this morning? Yeah, it's been an incredible day. I'm feeling pretty fried at the moment from the last um, 24 hours mm. worth of 
worth of action from midday yesterday to midday today. It's mm. all been non-stop, but yeah, anyway. So yesterday afternoon when we were all celebrating and having beers and you know, all stoked on the success, Jess mm. brought up that she was going to go to the die down, a die mm. down, which I'd never heard yeah. of. Which I'd never heard of before. Yeah. And it was with Extinction Rebellion, mm. which I'd never heard of before as mm. well. And um, oh, I was actually pretty reluctant to go at first. Like, I, don't know, I sort of saw my position over here as and I'm not really an activist of sorts, although it's becoming that way. But I just see myself as you know, a surfer, fisherman, coastal dweller that's really concerned about our lifestyle at home. Mm. So I didn't really want to possibly brand myself like that for Equinor, but Jess spoke about it more and said, you know, they're taking a step for us doing this this die down out the front of Equinor and yeah. felt it was important to go and show support for them supporting us. So yeah. long story short, you and Gabe were keen to come too. So yeah, I slept in. Yeah, and then, <laughs> I died in my own and room. Then ex, yeah, <laughs> other long story short, you end up dogging us. But <laughs> well, you went along. And, uh, Bodyboarders doing that, man. <laughs> and, and it's a lay down thing too. I should have been all over it. Yeah, you were it was like my strength. Sell you the dream. Anyway, yeah, so we got up at 6.30 this morning mm. and, and met the Extinction Rebellion crew in the park. Um, just across from where we're staying and got the brief and um, yeah, got the bus out to Equinor headquarters and well, they're, they're, um, they're building out there. I've never seen anything like it. It's absolutely gigantic yeah. and it's a feat of engineering. Yeah. You know, it, it, I, I was actually pretty sickened by it. I just thought it was yeah. a show of money and power and just, yeah. and actually quite wasteful really. Like it wasn't, as impressed with it. Any, anyway, we, we met there and came into the like the entrance of where you walk into the mm. lobby of Equinor and um, all lied down mm. in a like dead looking position. Yeah. What's that look like though? Like what were you doing? Face down or nah. face up or on your back? I was just yeah on my back and okay. sort of half curled up and I, I didn't go too extreme. There's a few other people that <laughs> looked pretty dead. But. <laughs> Still whispered a couple of sweet nothings to Gabe. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so did, did we laid down and then a couple of the Extinction Rebellion guys, they had a few banners, yep. which they set up behind us and a microphone with a tiny little speaker. Mm -hmm. And um, they gave a couple of speeches while we were laying down and then Pete got up and gave a speech and then I got up and gave a speech and probably went for maybe 20 minutes or half yep. an hour and then a little ting went. Yeah. And we all stood up and walked off and the security guards didn't hassle us. You know, no one hassled us. But I noticed um, you know, everyone, well not ever, not ever. Well Gabe said everyone that was walking in was stopping and taking photos, but I noticed lots of people up in the windows of the office looking down and taking photos. I definitely drew some attention and it was such a peaceful protest but quite powerful mm. in itself. How do you feel about it? Because I mean, it's like a, it's an interesting form of protest, literally laying down somewhere and pretending you're dead. It's pretty powerful, right? Yeah, I think it's pretty powerful and it, it symbolises, you know, the state of where this planet's heading with this sort of you know, ignorance to the problems, yeah. the climate change or, you know, just continuing to extract these fossil fuels when we know we've got to 
we've got to turn a new leaf and, and, and start changing our ways. So it, it definitely symbolises the extinction of the planet really, yeah. really well. Yeah. And also, it's not, um, you know, you're not um, you know, creating too much commotion that you yeah. could get arrested or something like that. Like it, it's a really peaceful but powerful way mm. of doing it for sure. So that was great. And then after that, we all walked off up into um, just like a grassy sort of park area between a road and a car park. Yeah. Sat down there and had a bit of a debrief and then um, one of the ladies asked if we'd like to you know, just go through a small bit of um, you know, meditation yeah. afterwards. And, and we said yes and we all just um, you know, either sat down or stood up and she just spoke, spoke us through a um, brief meditation and all about you know, feeling the earth and feeling the energy of the earth, which I had boots on, so it's not as effective. Disconnected. <laughs> not as effective as if you're barefoot. But yeah. the the, no, the idea was really strong, and then talked about, you know, uh, got us to visualise our ancestors thanking us for our movements that we've done today, and got us to visualise, uh, you know, future generations thanking us for our mm. efforts to, you know to save the planet and do what we did today and then got us to visualise all the people around the country, especially Australia, mm. you know, thanking us. And, and I was, I was visualising all those things and, and that was really powerful mm. too. Like it, sometimes you can, can feel a little bit lonely mm. um, doing these, but just visualising everyone thanking you and that, that was really, really powerful. And then we all turned around and faced the sun and just felt, felt the sunlight and, mm. and I opened my eyes and looked down and I just hadn't had a moment to be quiet and reflect like that in a, in a really long time and um, you know just opened my eyes and looked down and there's still these beautiful little yellow flowers mm. all over the ground and green grass and these you know, beautiful really lush green trees and I just yeah, had a moment where I was like I was in my little place of nature and felt just felt calm and really happy. Mm. And then I raised my head a bit further, and there was the conglomerate enterprise <laughs> of it was, it was The just, evil lair. It was, it was really wild. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then from there, we, we basically walked straight into a meeting with the... So this is the interesting thing. This is one of your first kind of, I guess, in this whole journey, is this one of your first moments of actually like going into that real corporate space and, and facing off with the people that you've been kind of activating against for so long now. This was your first real face-to-face -face with them, right? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. I, I had been to a couple of meetings with Equinor representatives yeah. in, um, on the west coast of Air Peninsula, one in Streaky, one in Sejuna. Yeah. But they're just, you know, they're lower players that they've employed yeah, yeah. To, to come and bullshit us. Mm. And, um, yeah, these, these are the key players yeah. in the Australian, you know, um, exploration phase or whatever. Yeah. These are the the four key people. Yeah. Yeah, so I was really mixed emotions going in there, like I didn't know, yeah, just like just trying to stay composed. Like, yeah. Because, you know, I, hate's a pretty strong word, but I, you know, I feel like these guys are, you know, they're risking our whole culture yeah. and my culture, my lifestyle, you know, my family's life and the planet yeah. for them to continue on, you know, extend their trillion dollar fund to two trillion. Yeah. I, I, there's pretty strong emotions going in there for sure. Did the meditation help you kind of be a bit calmer before? Probably a bit because yeah. 
probably might have just flipped out if I hadn't done that beforehand yeah, yeah. because you know a couple of times in there I was saying my thing and I was I was getting pretty wound up and mm. I had to you know, really consciously breathe and, and stay composed like mm. you know the other people that I was in there with you know Jess and Bryn and Pete they're, um, especially Jess and Bryn you know they meet with these corporate organizations quite a bit and they, they're used to it and they know how to like smile and laugh and sort of be friendly but at the same time be serious and oh, I can't really do that yeah like, I was just looking them in the eye like pretty well laser beams coming out of my eye just going you are the fucking guy here that's threatening this whole yeah. threatening my country yeah. our coastline how dare you yeah and I, what kind of message did you do deliver across like what were some of the things that you were able to communicate in that moment um well, I just I pointed out that their social license was not there. Mm. You know, we've never had a paddle out in Australia, ever, for a protest. Yeah. Now we're getting half a dozen every weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, it's not just from the bite, it's not just from southern Australia, it's Australia-wide yeah. opposition. You know? And I pointed out that you know, the fishing industry is so um, productive. There's over $500 million a year that comes in from that industry. You know, tens of thousands of people employed from that industry mm. just in the bite. Um, you know, the, the marine parks that are in there, you know, people uh, have fought to make sure that these are sustainable fisheries mm. that can last you know, generations, hopefully forever, mm. if we take care of the place. And this is something that threatens all of that. Um, I just wanted them to feel that you know, Australians are so connected to the coastline mm. and we've got so much to lose here. Mm. Like, and, they, and, and they were saying to me, do, do you actually really think we're, we're going to have a, like, we're going to have a spill? I said, no, probably not. You probably won't. Mm. But the off chance that you do, mm. and there is a chance because it's, you know, it's in very deep water mm. in really exposed seas with no infrastructure like the, they've never drilled in an area like that mm. so you know and after reading a book that I'm reading at the moment about how Norway's made their all their money and the the from beginning to present of the um, of their oil and gas fields offshore mm. you know, every time they step into a new depth or a new area there's lessons to be learned. Mm. Things have gone wrong out mm. there. There have been major spills. They've been lucky. They've had, inf they've had, um, you know, the right vessels and infrastructure there to get onto it quickly. And they've been lucky that they've been able to stop them. You know, yeah. there's been close calls. Yeah, with Norway could have been covered in oil. Yeah, but they've got away with it. But what, you know, where they are down there, what they're trying to do, they're once again putting themselves into a new scenario where there's a much higher chance of things going wrong, but this time, they're not prepared if mm. things go wrong. Mm. And you point this out a lot in some of the speeches I've heard you say, you know, like they don't have the right kind of response time in place for, for if, a, if a spill does happen. Yeah, well, they don't have everything ready like they do in other places. Yeah, and, and he, he said, what was he? he said, I forget, there's something about the risk, and you know, trying to say, you know, there's not, not that great, big, great of a risk. And I said, well, you know, if there is a well blowout, the truth is that my home's going to be destroyed. Before any of your vessels get there, yeah. the, the oil's going to be on my shores, the dispersants are going to be all through the ocean, it's going to be a toxic sea, mm. and covered in oil. And that's before you even get started on the cleanup. Mm. I had nothing to say about that. Okay. 
how did you feel get, coming out of that then? Like, was it a, was it like for you in your journey in this whole thing? Because you're on, you've been on a pretty steep learning curve with a lot of this stuff, right? Like, you know, you kind of, yeah. Well, as you said, been. you're not a guy who likes to be at the center of any attention, and then you're at the center of a paddle out in Oslo, halfway around the world, you know, activating a hundred strangers around you to do stuff. Then you're dying, doing a die-in with an environmental activist group the next morning. Now you're in the corporate kind of headquarters of a multinational oil company, giving it to them. How, how did you kind of feel after that, you know, as a learning experience for yourself as I'm much as anything? Oh, I'm completely tuckered out. Yeah. I feel exhausted fucked. today. <laughs> I feel exhausted. Like it's, yeah, it's, been a, it's been a crazy few days but an exceptionally crazy 24 hours. Yeah. Oh, just the whole range of emotions. Mm. Yeah, feeling pretty tired. But um, how about your? Are you optimistic walking out of that building, or were you kind of thinking, "Shit, uh, these people aren't going to give up"? Or what were you thinking? They're not gonna. They were never gonna give us anything. They were never gonna give us any inkling that they're gonna yeah. give up in there. Mm. I was never expecting that. Mm. Um, they did acknowledge that there's a. Uh, a great potential to um, for renewables in Australia. They did acknowledge that you know, there's a big potential for wind farms or for solar. Yeah, sure. So that and I, that's what I said to them, this is your chance to go from demon to hero. Yeah. You pull out here and you put big investments into renewables in Australia, you can go from being a demon to a hero. That's the only chance. Otherwise we're going to keep fighting and we will win. And mm. that's what we kept on saying over and over. Said, we won't allow you to join the fight. Mm. And zero risk mm. is, you know, there's always going to be a risk, so it's not acceptable, anything. Mm. You can, even if you had your, all your, your capping stacks and your relief wells and everything, you know, right beside the exploration well, mm. it's still not acceptable. Mm. We don't want to. Cool. So what's the, um, what's the next steps then? What are we doing over the next few days for the listener to kind of keep up to date on where we're going and where we're at? What, what, what do you got up next? Uh, so tomorrow night, Ziggy Alberts has got a concert in town here. You'll be on stage for that? Yeah. Looking so forward to it? <laughs> so that's going to be another pretty well, <laughs> I, I dare say that'll be the most people I've ever spoken in front of. Probably. But yeah, no, that'll be cool. Yeah. Looking forward to that. And... Um, and then the day after that, we'll be going to the Equinor AGM. There's yeah. another first. It's going to be another mm. wild experience. Yep. And then the day after that, we're going to head up to Lufferton, mm. which they have just had a win up there. Um, no banning any more offshore drilling in that region. So, yep. And just check out the incredibly beautiful coastline up there as well and try and get a few waves. And okay. um, then we'll swing into Amsterdam on the way home for another... Nevertown show and, and that'll be a wrap mate sounds good sounds good well let's wrap this here um, thanks for the update and for everyone listening uh, you can tune into the live stream of the AGM actually if you want to uh, depending on what time it all happens it's pretty bad timing really for Aussies to probably watch it and tune in but um, if you do feel like tuning in and um, hearing uh, Heath you are speaking yeah. That's confirmed, yeah. So yeah. he's going to be speaking at the AGM. So there will be a live stream. You can see, you know, what he has to say and what kind of message he's going to be delivering to the people at Equinor. So thanks for the update, Heath. Um, no and we'll be doing probably another update along the way if I can um, convince him to jump back on the podcast. But no, uh, thanks for listening again, everyone. And, um, you know, stay tuned to everything that's happening. And we all really enjoy your support 
Uh, we see all the messages and comments and things like that. So thanks a bunch. We can, we, we can feel you here with us. And uh, yeah, we look forward to the next steps. No worries, mate. Mm. It is a David and Goliath battle we got here, but David won and we're going to win this one too. We got this. You. So that was the sound of Heath Josky all fired up. You can just hear it, can't you? It's in his vocal cords. He ain't uh, he ain't leaving here without really um, stepping into the ring with uh, Equinor. So if you are feeling like um, tuning into that AGM live stream, uh, you just need to go to the Equinor homepage and you can tune into that and and see everything that goes down. Um, yeah, it's a, it was really good to get an update from Heath. There's been a lot happening here, as I said in the introduction. Um, you know, he's been running all over the place. Uh, meeting, discussing things with different stakeholders, presenting uh, the problem and the solution and, and what's at stake for Australians. So he's doing a great job over here and everyone, um, you know, everyone should be really proud of the effort he's put in. Um, we're going to be get, heading off to Stavanger to do this AGM and we hope that you can all be there with us in spirit or online. And, um, yeah, we'll be checking in again with Heath soon. But the fight for the bite really is kicking off over here. Um, the Norwegian people, many of them are, are on board. And uh, this is just the beginning for this over here. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you again to everyone for supporting this podcast and uh, particularly Patagonia who have helped make this, this podcast kind of happen. Um, and, yeah, let's see what happens next. It's going to be a good one.